0: The following podcast contains ass-loads of spoilers. We here at Two nerdskys in a podcast are firm believers in preserving all the surprises of a genuine film viewing experience. And Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh my god, I smell shenanigans!
1: I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby! Kawabunga. I thought this was a party! It's two skills in a podcast
0: with Eric and Jeff. Next level!
2: Throwing off my game there but okay but um welcome everyone to a very special installment of two nerdskys and po- a podcast stumbled there for a sec uh it's the one show where two nerdskys come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment but today we're joined by a very special third guest so anyways i'm eric i'm jeff and who is our third guest but reese how are you doing good sir i love you <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's something from idiocracy the movie it's like it was patrick star spongebob i love you
1: from the the chocolate (laughs) episode
2: uh it's been a long time since i watched yes sir with
1: or without nuts
2: you know what speaking of star speaking of spongebob i did watch occasionally at work like for whatever reason nickelodeon's on and spongebob will play and i saw the very surreal episode where like they're in they're on dry land, and we get to see like the voice actors in real life playing like similar human versions of their
0: characters. I'm oh, like, what yeah. The fuck? Wasn't that like uh, an anniversary special? <laughs> it it must have been, it had to have been. I was about to say like, that what? sounds like a yeah. newer
1: episode because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah it had to I, be
0: newer. Because I, I don't think I've seen a new episode of SpongeBob in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. Yeah, this looked that episode looked awesome. What did uh, did you see the the second movie i did not you mean the third movie uh, well i know there is no third movie <laughs> <laughs> oh wow I will, I will not accept a crappy <laughs> cat like a crappy tie-in for a crappy prequel show that no one wanted <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not what uh this okay. is not what steven died for
0: uh absolutely no. not rest in peace good sir rest mm. in fucking peace man that because it it honestly takes uh because i didn't know uh too much about him personally like as, as an artist but it's uh just knowing like the guy that was re- like solely responsible for one of your childhood icons suddenly mm-hmm. passes away it's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: it hits you in a way that's pretty unexpected I don't know where I was going with this.
2: No,
1: <laughs> I, I like. <laughs> but no, in all
0: seriousness, in
2: all seriousness, but that's not what we're talking about today. It. it is not. It is not. So anyways, today we are talking and I didn't think we were going to do this, but you know what, Reese, you came to me I'm like, I really want to discuss this. And so here we are. This is Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut of Justice League. And Jesus Christ, the the the. The history behind this cut of the movie itself is already like it could potentially be like a full episode on its own. But I guess we could we should really start with just how exactly we got here. So I mean, so take it back to when the Avengers comes out and it that's like a massive success. Uh, Marvel and Disney are like racking in the dough. And so Warner Brothers and DC are like, you know what? let's start our own thing. And so you have man of steel. That's like, that's considered Criminally what, underrated. A but Yeah. People. Um, there's Batman V Superman that I know a lot of people hate. I'm one of those people who likes it, but at least we'll, will not blindly defend it because there are too many criticism there to not notice. Um, I know how Jeff feels about that movie. I know how Reese feels about it. Then there's wonder woman, um, which is pretty universally liked by everybody um but before then there's suicide squad i don't know what the fuck you talk about
1: with that movie. Uh, <laughs> fuck are we a David are some cut. kind of I suicide would... squad
2: <laughs> you guys didn't like hot topic the movie uh fuck that movie i refuse to talk about that um and then you get to you get to uh the justice league as i like to call it because oh uh, good lord but So Justice League itself, um, a very interesting production background into it. So due to the uh, critical and uh, well, financially it made quite a bit of money, but it didn't make the billion dollars. So Warner Brothers is like, well, this sucks. So, all right. um, How are we going to do Justice League? So they were just trying to figure out how they're going to do it. So they let Zach do his own thing. And then sad. What happens is unfortunately, uh, Zach's daughter Autumn dies. It's very tragic how it happened too. Um, apparently, I think it was a suicide. So, Zach understandably decides to leave the project, and Warner Brothers is like, Warner Brothers is like, okay, go ahead, go be with your family, and they still want the movie out. So they're like, all right, so who do we get in to fix the, who to finish this? Hey, Josh, Josh Whedon, Avengers guy, do you want to come in and fix and finish this movie? He's like, sure, I'll finish it, and I will reshoot about seventy percent of this fucking movie, and so he finishes it out and then the movie's released and before we go any further um so what are our overall opinions like on a... the original theatrical cut so we'll okay, start with just you just the a theatrical
1: you... cut okay
2: just the theatrical cut how do you feel what were like your first initial thoughts and how do you feel about it now
1: so i so i never saw it on launch day because i'll be honest at this point i just didn't uh, if I'm traveling back in time, because this we're going back to like 2017, right? This came out in 2017. Yeah, it's about four years. Correctly. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I honestly at this point I didn't give a shit about Justice. Like I was just like so whatever with most of the DCEU at this point. You know, with because it was at as this point it was basically like a 50 percent 50 percent rate rate. 50 percent of the movies were working for me. 50 percent of the movies weren't working for me. So I was pretty indifferent going into justice league and i saw it and i know a lot of people hate it i don't think it's terrible but i don't i think it's i think it's a terrible justice league but like i think it's an oak i think it's a fun movie to have on in the background if that makes sense i think i think joss whedon is um is good at writing some of the some fun interpersonal character dialogue the problem is it's only good in bite-sized scenes it doesn't complement the rest of the movie because it's a whole mess. The fight scenes are the the whole choreography and the fight scenes are pretty terrible for the most part. And we'll we'll get more into that once we go into um, Zack Snyder's Justice League because I was curious about how much of that was Whedon's filming or how much of that was Zack's filming. But yeah, overall, I I'd give it like a five or a six out of ten. It's pretty. I think it's pretty mediocre.
2: Yeah. Jeff, how do you feel about um, the cut overall?
0: Uh, so the theatrical cut, it uh, yeah, yeah, just the theatrical cut, yeah, yeah. So when uh, when I first saw it, I because I had very bottom of the barrel expectations because uh, i I didn't like Man of Steel at all. I hated Batman versus Superman. Wonder Woman was a surprise, but uh, but then I I followed the Uh, what information was available at the time following the production progress of the movie and it just sounded like it was gonna be a giant clusterfuck and when I saw the movie at the time it felt like a semi-coherent movie but it it felt like the worst kind of superhero movie that would come out in the early 2000s where it's horribly generic and the uh but after after leaving the theater it it was just such a forgettable movie that I just kind of moved on but when I uh when I saw it a second time that's when the flaws really started to come in and the uh the shot or all the reshoots were so obvious and the uh the the change in color tone the uh uh, oh, obviously can't forget the uh, the real star of the movie, Henry Cavill's mustache. Uh, <laughs> no, you mean you and, mean the uh, lack of the mustache? Uh, you mean
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Henry Cavill's upper lip is the real star of the movie? <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Uh, and Steppenwolf was bleed? the most generic villain of all time. Uh, Cyborg was a nothing character. Uh, Flash had nothing to do and was just irritating as fuck Ben Affleck looked de- depressed and miserable to be there Does a Russian his family for ed-
1: some reason <laughs> oh
0: god why was that there uh. Uh, and so it's it just as more time went on it just got worse and worse and when you just when you really look at it frame by frame and you start peeling back the layers even more the the incompetence just becomes so much more apparent and it's I would honestly say it's it's probably one of the worst superhero movies in the last in the last decade. It's I mean for one, just how terribly handled the uh the production was and if you're because I understand uh, Zack Snyder was going through a personal tragedy. And so I understand someone else had to come in and and pick up where he left off. But Joss Whedon and, and Zack Snyder's directing style are nothing alike. And one of my biggest problems with uh, with the first Avengers movie was how flat and boring the the lighting was. It, it looked like a TV movie. And that was that was like implemented into the theatrical cut of Justice League. And just, yeah, just looking at it, it was a very ugly looking movie. And the fact that the entire climax was had that awful red filter over it. Yeah, it's it didn't do the movie any favors and it's and the the inclusion of humor was it felt so out of left field and none of it worked for me. Uh it, it felt like they were trying to trying to make Batman like to, like Tony Stark of some of some sort pretty much and that with the character that was established in Batman versus Superman, it felt like a complete bait and switch and I feel because you know there was always the uh you know the the common nitpicks of DC just trying to copy copy Marvel and prior to the theatrical cut you could you could make that argument but you know probably make some defenses but I think the theatrical cut completely exposed that because they're uh you know they're trying to trying to have the MacGuffin uh you know the mother box is just being uh cheap inversion of the infinity stones uh you got got the big bad guy wants to destroy the world heroes got to come together but the difference is, is because uh, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk about, uh, you know, how the runtime uh, either benefited or detracted in the Snyder cut. But the fact that in the theatrical cut, you're intentionally going for a straight two hours. Uh, I think by the time the credits roll, it's like an hour and 55 minutes in. And we're supposed to care about, well, like, th- three or two or three additional characters there are supposed that we're supposed to have full investment in, but we're just seeing for the first time. Cause mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing it and I knew, sh- I didn't know shit about Aquaman. And then out of nowhere, we're in fucking Atlantis and I'm like, wait, what, what, what's going on? Who's this? Who's this chick? Wait, what? And <laughs> the movie just felt so conflicted with itself. And honestly after seeing the signer cut i i could i can never watch it again (laughs) i i agree um
2: before before we go before we get there um so for me here's the best way i could sum this up uh with just one sentence power rangers 2017 was a better team-up movie than the entirety of the justice league movie if that makes any sense um In all seriousness, like Justice League was like way too, like the theatrical cut was just way all over the place. As Jeff pointed out, Batman, the humor is just like, it doesn't fit with it. Cause like, so I say what you will about Man of Steel and Batman V Superman. At least the tone was consistent. I get what kind of tone they were going for. Like they were going for more serious tone. It works. Marvel clearly was going for a more, lighthearted approach and Zack Snyder wanted to go more realistic and grounded and serious. Um, not necessarily darker, but just more serious in its approach. Whereas like in Justice League, um, and I, I, it's pre- I think it's been pretty much surmised by Red Letter Media in their review of the Snyder Cut, that like as soon as Zack left, because Laura, I'm just going to get right into like the production, the, the surprising production hell that was the justice cut that it's, that it's known as. Um, But yeah, it apparently like, you know, after the failure of it, they're like, let Zack Snyder do his thing, but it sounded like Warner brothers were not confident in Zack overall. And so you're like, well, when they, they were just like, they're going to let him make his movie, but they're probably going to like chop it down to hell. And it probably wouldn't have worked. So when, unfortunately his daughter autumn died and Zack, you know, took the time to leave and go do his thing. They're like, perfect. He's out. Josh Whedon, come in and save this movie. And it uh, okay. I'm like, uh, and then apparently the production hell behind it was just complete ass. Like, yeah. apparently Josh Whedon was a dick to everybody. Ray Fisher has stories. Uh, ben Affleck found it. I mean, Ben Affleck may have had some conflicts with Zach with Zach over some stuff, but like, apparently Joss was worse. I mean, like, I mean, you hear about the stories now about Josh Whedon uh, ever since. Going back to his days from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but yeah, it sounded like Joss Whedon was a complete nightmare, and he just completely rechanged everything to fit, you know, the studio's vision. Because Warner Brothers was basically like, you know, Zach is, we're, we don't like where Zach's going. Let's try and make this more like Marvel, and I think that's a complete no no because then you're just basically changing your your approach overall. I mean, like again, sure, I would have preferred maybe a little bit more of lightheartedness in there, but. Stick with a stick with a tone like you can have humorous moments, but like be consistent. All right. I mean, and that's that's where the Snyder cut actually does well with it. But we'll get into that. But yeah, just the production hell behind this was ridiculous. And then after the movie is released, you know, as Jeff said, over time, it's just a bad taste in your mouth. And then there were rumors that, you know, Zach's vision of the movie still existed, or at least a version of it existed, and everyone was like, "Release the Snyder Cut." Hashtag Snyder Cut, and then Zach pretty much confirmed that yes, there is a version of the film that he made, but he he didn't think that you know fans. I mean, like, um no, that Warner Brothers was never gonna let him release it. And then cuts to last year when HBO HBO Max launches, and right before it launched, Zach revealed, and like I think it was a uh it was like a Zoom call or whatnot, or a Google Hangout that HBO Max wanted to uh, release the Snyder cut and make. It. So everyone, everyone basically won, and we got this movie, and it released just a couple days ago, um, as of this recording. And I have to say, night and day, what a fucking change. Four hours aside alone, I was completely like blown away by how well better this movie was in tone wise and everything, just completely everything about this was just a breath of fresh air. And, um, and I was very surprised by everyone's reactions. Everyone was saying it was pretty much overall positive. And I remember when you watched it jeff i was very surprised by your reaction so let's get into it overall um, everyone what are our first initial responses um reese why don't i start with you since you're our guest
1: all right um so overall um i still think the snyder cut has some flaws and we'll get into those when we start going into the scenes but overall like you said yeah it's you know, it's the scale, its the, the same basic skeleton is still there from the theatrical cut, but like the additional context, subtle changes, and you know, um, Jeff mentioned earlier, just the color grading and stuff like that. Um, little bits uh, held on for the uh, for the shots, little added details like that, and just brand new scenes that just weren't in the original theatrical cut to give the other scenes additional context that they needed to give them more meaning it makes such a difference and like yeah snyder cut it's it's genuinely it's not just good for a dcu movie it's a genuinely good film despite some of the flaws i have um whereas mm-hmm. whereas theatrical cut i gave like a five or six out of ten i would give um i would give um Zack snyder's justice league an easy eight eight out of ten like it is a it is a solid movie i don't think it's if you're someone who doesn't have hbo max i don't think that it's worth getting an HBO Max subscription just to watch this. However, if you do already have an HBO Max subscription, absolutely, like get on this right now. You're missing out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it it's 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 quite impressive. But Jeff, what did you think?
0: Uh, so going in, I I didn't really know what to expect because uh, I am not. I'm not the biggest Zack Snyder fan. Uh, I, I I liked Dawn of the Dead. I liked 300, but I ha- I haven't liked his DC movies. And I, but I was fully on board with the Snyder cut because I I like when a passionate fan ba- fan base can get together and have their voices heard by you know by us by studio executives to a point where they're you know they're willing to. Because for one, I, I thought this would never come out, because the theatrical version was a was a debacle. It lost it lost a lot of money. It was the it was the most expensive movie, uh, or definitely one of the most expensive movies ever made, and it barely broke even. And because that was supposed to be their Avengers, and it blew up in their faces. And releasing this alternative cut would have basically. In the, from the studio's eyes, would have admitted defeat, and just because I, I, I don't know, it just felt like one of those things that would that would just never happen, and the fact that uh, that the the buyout from AT and T uh, and the launch of HBO Max, you know, with a change of uh, uh, with a change of uh, studio heads, it. Uh, it it's crazy what what can happen, and so when it was announced, I was happy that it was just one of those things that could be, you know, finally solidified. People can, uh, you know, they'll get a sense of closure. They'll finally get to see the the fruit of the their labor that they fought uh, so hard to have made. I was happy for for Zack Snyder himself to. Uh, to have his vision realized and, and actually looking at the IMDb uh, trivia uh, in order to keep full creative control and ensure fans receive the most benefit from the Steiner cut Zack Snyder refused to be paid to finish Justice League and I definitely commend that and but aside from all that all it boils down to is how is the movie. I dug the shit out of it. <laughs>
2: and that's, but that's still saying quite a bit because as you said, Jeff, you like, you have never been a, a real fan of like, I, I not have just not just Zack Snyder's work, but the overall DCEU as a whole. So, I mean, I know you like, I know you really liked Wonder Woman. I don't know how you feel about Aquaman. Um, I, I never saw it. I don't know how you feel about Shazam either. I'm guessing you didn't see that one either. I liked but, Shazam hey, actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. And of course, you know, the less said about Suicide Squad, the better, because what the fuck? I actually. <laughs> and then I know, of course.
1: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I actually just saw Aquaman like a few days before uh, Justice League. I actually thought it was a fun little movie. I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was decent. But... It's a fun
2: little Saturday morning cartoon. I yeah. enjoy the fuck out it, that's, of
1: it. That. That's basically what it is. It's like, a, it's like a two hour Saturday morning cartoon. And and I love
2: it. it. It's, it's a very entertaining movie. <laughs> I like, I, lo- I enjoy that movie quite a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, it is quite a surprise by like, uh, yeah, I'm surprised by how Jeff, your, how your opinion has changed. I mean, like, again, I know you don't, you don't really care for Zack Snyder that much, but I was surprised that you really, I mean, I knew going into it that like I knew prior to it, you were just like, this movie will probably suck. But to hear you say you fucking love it. I'm like that. I did well,
0: not expect. Cause, well, how do you think I felt? I know, right? because uh, well, uh, well, cause also I was also just curious from a from a filmmaking perspective, because I think, you know, regardless, it would have it would have been an interesting case study to see, you know, to to compare and contrast the original uh the original cut and the signer cut. And and I think uh, I mean just looking at side by side comparisons on YouTube it is really fascinating to watch. And I think with uh I think when Zack Snyder is not constrained by, by studio and he's forced to cut his movies down because I, because those are some of my biggest problems with man of steel and Batman versus Superman is that they feel like botched messes. And especially in Batman versus Superman, where it just felt like random shit was happening. It didn't feel coherent. Uh, so many subplots that didn't amount to anything in the end. And it, it felt like studio interference. And I mean, the entire theatrical cut of Justice League is a, is studio interference. And so having having the golden handcuffs taken off, essentially, and he's just able to make exactly what he wanted to and not leave anything out. I think he's able to craft something pretty cool. Uh he's able to I mean for one, he's able to flesh out all the characters that were not given justice initially. Uh Cyborg is the heart of this movie. And he and he's able to have a he's able to have a character this time. And I, I think I don't know too much about the, the character's history, but I think Ray Fisher does a does a decent job selling the character, uh, the relationship with uh, with his father Joe Morton. Miles Bennett Dyson.
2: Uh, How funny is it, by the way, that like he's still stuck with cyborgs this whole entire time? Joe Morton. I just I found that ironic. I was just thinking like, yeah, that's right. He worked with uh, Cyberdyne
0: on uh, Terminator Two, so I'm like, oh, what the fuck? See, he did survive the explosion. <laughs> <on Gunshot. laughs> It makes more sense than Terminator Genesis. Uh, no, 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 genesis no, shit is more like genesis. it. It's
1: <laughs> it's just, it's just like Fantastic stick and tap three in. Oh
2: my god! <laughs> oh my god! What I, I I okay? So here's one of my unfortunate criticisms. So okay, first of all, though, um, I think Ray Fisher definitely was much better in this cut than the theatrical cut. Like, he generally has more of a character. He has more stuff to do. I definitely get why he's considered the heart and soul of the team. I had a hard time buying that, to be honest. If you want my honest opinion, I thought The Flash was the heart and soul of the movie. Like, I I don't know what it was. Like, I I, I had a... I mean, I get it. I really did. I really tried to see Cyborg as the heart and soul. But really, like, I don't know what it is. Flash stuck out to me more as that character instead. Cause I mean, I don't know if it's just because he's more, I'm not, he's the youngest of the group, but, um, and he's, he's got a little bit, he's a little bit more chipper or whatnot, but I mean, by the way, like the flash has far more to do in this movie than he did in the original cut. And I'm surprised by how, instead of saving a Russian family, he saves the goddamn planet in the process. Instead, I did what a
0: complete change. I really liked his, uh, his introduction scene. Uh, cause I, I mean, I mean, personally, I'm not too sold on Ezra Miller still. Uh, I don't know. It, it felt like his uh, his comedic delivery felt forced and kind of awkward. It 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 just never really sat right with me. But uh, some of the smaller moments, uh, I definitely think he he sells the character a lot better because uh, I, I love that little moment, though, when he's, uh, uh you know, he's applying for that job and car crash is happening and he, he saves that girl and then grabs that uh uh grabs the hot dog and then wants, uh, <laughs> back at normal speed he's feeding it to to the puppies because he was flying out at a, at a pet store and it's like okay that that, that that was pretty funny like oh w- what happened
1: i was just feeding the puppies
0: <laughs> uh so i i got mean, i got, I got we'll... something to say oh. about that oh. i
1: i actually hold on first of all when I speak, are you guys seeing waveforms appear on mine cuz my thing is like completely Oh yeah, I see boring. you. I see you. You're okay. good. I hear right, you cool. fine. All right, cuz on my on my screen whenever I talk, I'm getting no waveforms and I just wanted to make sure that I'm coming through and You're good. You're good. Alright, cool. Um uh, anyways, uh I, I guess I might have a little disagreement. I thought that scene was goofy as hell and I was laughing my ass <laughs> a- I was laughing my ass off, but not because of comedic timing cuz I I I don't know. I thought the scene was really goofy, especially cuz like specifically when he's specifically when the girl when the the girl is looking at him she's driving off because it's like who the fuck looks who the fuck like drives off and like stares at someone for like five straights the 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 whole setup of that scene was weird and then he's like and then as he's saving her he's like stroking his hair and shit i'm like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know that, that. or slow-mo baby
2: <laughs> well okay it's funny you mentioned slow-mo because apparently so ign apparently someone at ign apparently counted just how much percent of this movie is in slow-mo 10 of this movie is in slow motion and so that's 24 minutes and seven seconds apparently i'm like the fucking dedication on the person who did the research
0: like (laughs) wow (laughs) i mean hey if rocky 4 can be like 20 minutes of training montages fuck it i'll take the slow motion that that is another that is kind of a critique i feel like uh and just imagine if michael bay Bay co-directed
1: it too, double the slow oh oh
2: fuck him i'm glad i'm glad he's not attached to this (laughs) but uh god yeah Apparently, yeah that is one of my criticisms too of this of this cut like don't get me wrong i think zach is great with the slow motion and the ramp up because i mean he developed it for 300 but you know you could easily cut down on some of the slow motion shots like someone a friend of mine antoine pointed out like you know how like at one point you see like the grain from the like the hot dog no not the hot dog from the hamburger bun it flies off and like why is that in there like you could easily cut that out but I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I do like the slow motion, but like, it could have easily been trimmed down.
0: Like- I mean, I, I think, I think just because this was, uh, this was Zack Snyder's excuse to make exactly what he wanted. And, and I think when, uh, cause I, cause I think, you know, you can, you can complain about the, about the runtime all you want. But I think just because there was such a hardcore movement to get this thing made that, he didn't want to leave anything out. And so it, it definitely feels like an assembly cut. And, but, uh, yeah. For and sure. I think, and I think if this movie would have received its normal theatrical release, you know, with no, uh, oh, it would have been seriously butchered. It, I agree. Yeah. It, it would have been, it would have been botched in the editing room and it would have been, and I I probably would have hated it. It probably would have just been mm-hmm. another Batman versus Superman where, everything's cut out and if and all the humor is or at any light moments are taken out uh but with but with this movie when the scenes are able to just breathe and the characters are able to be characters and they're able to take just take these nice little isolated moments and and be fleshed out it actually it benefits the movie tremendously because it feels like the actual team coming together feels more more organic because this time around, you have a better understanding of who Aquaman is. You have a better understanding of who Cyborg and the Flash are. They all because because I'm I'm speaking in in the context of you know before Aquaman the movie coming out right uh-huh. uh you know because it's it uh, because going off a of theatrical cut he just. He was, he was just an obnoxious dude, bro. And
1: <laughs> he's it, the guy that says "My Man" in the trailer. Yeah, my man. man, my man.
0: Yeah, he still okay. says it. in the, he still says it in the Snare Cut. But mm. I mean, I works. mean, at least this time he's not chugging Jack Daniels with white stripes.
1: <laughs> I still, <laughs> yeah, think yeah I don't white about stripes that. are. White no, stripes is macho as, this, as Fuck! I still don't like that scene because then he litters the bottle, and Aquaman uh, he it specifically like makes him out to be like someone who's like hates littering because then it goes back into the sea. And then he does all he litters so much <laughs> he in this does, movie. I just noted. I
2: Aquaman, I did, I'm, like, you, I'm, picturing, I'm picturing that too. I'm like, oh you, fuck, Reese is right. Oh shit!
1: Aquaman, like, you, you like pick- killed you killed Johnny the dolphin. <laughs> you know he's like taking off uh, he's like he taking off his shirt bottle. and just like leaving it on the beach and shit which like hey don't don't get me wrong I, I don't mind an excuse to see Jason Momoa's abs but like you know put, put the shirt somewhere safe <laughs> what are <like>. you saying <laughs> oh
0: my <laughs> oh, oh. oh Jesus Christ <laughs> and, I, and I, I will say it uh, I think uh, uh, you know on top of Uh, you know, Cyborg and Flash, you know, getting much better, uh, much better development. I think uh, Ben Affleck is given a far better opportunity to shine here. And, uh, you know, because his character motivation feels a lot more consistent. The fact that he's riddled with with guilt over the death of Superman and he uh, and he wants to assemble this team and at least, at least in, in this uh, in this context, it feels like a more logical progression. And one thing that I I do like uh, about uh, about Snyder's movies is how every uh, so each following movie opens with a moment from the previous movie, and you see it from another perspective. Mm-hmm. Because I I mean, because I think the best scene in Batman versus Superman was the opening. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like how you see, uh, Bruce Wayne running through Metropolis as, uh, as Superman and Zotter fighting. And then in, uh, Sander's justice league, you know, it opens with Superman being killed and his death screams are, uh, you know, it's just echoing throughout, throughout the world. And so right from the get go, it, uh, it was able to, to, to grab my attention. And cause I honestly thought, uh, during uh well during Batman versus Superman, I thought the two and a half hour runtime uh just was such a slog. I didn't care what was going on because I I just I didn't care about any of the characters, and I thought that a four hour cut would be grueling. And I'm very happy I was proven wrong, because the well, the only other movie. I've I've seen I'm not comparing I'm not comparing the overall quality of the films, but the only other movie to have that long for runtime and not bore me to tears is Return of the King.
1: Mm-hmm. Obviously, Return of the yeah. King
0: is a far superior movie in pretty much every regard. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Snyder. Yeah, absolutely. And but the fact that Snyder was able to correct so many of the problems in his previous films with the added benefit of a runtime, I'm now able to get a greater understanding for what he was really going for with the overall, uh, with some of the overarching themes. And this time around, I, I actually like the characters. It was the first time during any of these movies where I actually didn't want to turn the movie off. Cause it's like, I want to see what happens next. And I, I, I actually I finished the whole thing in one sitting, which which was kind of shocking. Honestly, honestly. Yeah, I only that's, I only stopped the entire movie once just so I could go to the bathroom. And that was it. Yeah, I, I actually did a, a completely unrelated note. I did uh manage to get through a screening of the extended edition of Return of the King without pissing. I'll <laughs> forever be proud of that. OK, well, in terms of. In terms
1: all right. Of, clip uh, that, and we'll, we're gonna put that on Twitter out of context. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, you? in all
2: seriousness, then, Jeff. <laughs> in all seriousness, then, Jeff, I'm really curious because I know you haven't seen the Ultimate Edition of Batman v Superman, and I know you've been really apprehensive of watching that movie again, just because I know you don't really you do, you absolutely do not like it. But so, knowing how you how you've enjoyed the Snyder Cut. With the longer running time, and I think Batman v Superman with the Ultimate Edition is like, th- it's a I think it's an additional three, 30 minutes, and that makes it at least a three hour long movie. I'm very curious to know how you feel about that movie um, in uh, that regard. If no, you ever check it out, but
0: I don't, I don't think, because because I, I think regardless, you I think the movie is still broken from uh just from a pure storytelling perspective Mm -hmm. uh and because i think at least for both man of steel and batman versus superman uh they're both they both kind of have the same overarching problems that they're they're very they're very self-indulgent they're uh very unsubtle uh symbolism in storytelling and and i was and I think this time in the cider cut that was handled a lot better. Uh, cause I, cause I know, I know Zack Snyder likes to go for the uh, for the grand image imagery of, of gods and which is cool. Uh, I'm all, I'm all for, but man of steel, especially, uh, could you tell that Superman was Jesus?
1: <laughs> oh, there's there's a few moments yeah. in Justice League 2 where they where they he does the, and then and then the credits. Uh, I think definitely <laughs> do pull that. they definitely. Pull <laughs> I had a, that I moment. had a good laugh during the credits with one of the song with one of the songs that they played. It's like, uh, like like I don't know. It's it's one of, it's one of those Zack Snyderisms where it's like. It's like it objectively makes the movie worse, but at the same time, like I I love the cheesy and corniness of it. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I,
0: I I I totally get I I totally get that perspective, and uh, so I I think with uh, I mean, if there was if there was a four hour cut of of Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, it, maybe it'd be better. But I I don't know because I I definitely don't want to. I think I at the very least I like, think at the
1: very least Lex Luthor would need to be recast for me to like be able to oh fully God enjoy the please movie I fucking hate Jesse yeah yeah remember. because of how <laughs> significant of a role he plays in that film
0: it, yeah. exactly yeah and I I think no matter what you try to do uh I I think they're both very broken movies and I mean because I
1: mean I'll regardless still dis- you still- I will still disagree on the first one but I respect your opinion on Man of Steel i
0: respect your face
1: well
2: Uh, (laughs) well it's funny reese because i remember you did watch the ultimate edition of batman v superman with me i know you don't remember how you feel about the movie Mm -hmm. but i remember you told me at one point i I want to watch it again why was this version not seen in theaters yeah
1: yeah i want to watch it again and like see what i think about it today because it's been a while since well i've seen it i can't really remember much of the differences Beyond the fact that mm. I, I remember the woman gets pushed into the subway. That's the only difference that I remember that wasn't in, th- in the theatrical cut. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure with Jeff. I, I, look, I, I don't mean to speak for you, but I like I'm sure you your opinion won't change. But at least I, I hope. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, if you watch the ultimate edition,
0: you'll at least get if there's at least some better context for the fight buildup, then maybe it'll be a slight improvement, but you still, you still have uh, doomsday being shoved in there. And he looks like, which a, is unfortunate. Yes. Looks like, a, looks like a fucking Lord of the Rings cave troll. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he looks like a rejected he he-
1: uh, Hulk animation
2: uh amazing bulk yeah amazing bulk <laughs> a better amazing bulk or is that even worse i don't know <laughs>
1: he looks. oh my god he looks like a <laughs> oh, fucking, jesus christ he, he looks like uh the fucking uh what what you call it um uh one of the um uh one of the body doubles in the in the uh the square enix avengers game that's what he looks like
2: <laughs> oh, oh I, actually that that I actually blow. enjoy that game that was a i actually blow. enjoy I, that game that game looks
0: awful
2: <laughs> fuck you i think game's actually not that bad it's actually a lot of i, I think that i think with future i think to further down the line it might be better but um that's neither here nor there but um it's just but yeah we've talked about
0: dollars of dlc and maybe it'll be better
2: actually the dlc is free um it's like free updates all the time so oh, that's the first that, yep it that's what i like it, that's what i enjoy about it the most too but I mean, um but yeah surprise. punk right um yes much better than cyberpunk but I, mean, I haven't even played that game what a fucking
0: jesus what a tragedy i was so excited for that game
2: unfortunate hmm. and it's funny because i have roommates who played that game and they're like eh. well that's
0: unfortunate <laughs> did it crash on them a lot
2: no um, i don't know i didn't really watch them play do that you much. Uh,
0: do you know what do you know what version they got because i heard it was the ps4 version that had the most problems they had xbox okay so because honestly dude have you seen like pretty a compilation pretty much everything movie? except oh, those compilation videos are hilarious it's it's wonderful <laughs> PC, <laughs> so anyways getting, enough, getting google back
1: google stadia had like the most stable performance but anyways yeah we'll get back on topic get, really? anyways
2: getting back to the snyder cut <laughs> um there so yeah amongst of uh, the, uh, the other changes i really appreciated was yeah surprisingly like i really liked how it opened up but like one of the other changes i really liked was the approach to steppenwolf um steppenwolf actually a character yeah he's actually a character like badass
1: in this movie like what the hell did you exactly. do, joss what the hell
2: <laughs> by the way first, so first of all he looks like this weird like pale human being with like some Fucked up, dumb armor. This new version of Eppenwolf, not only does he have a character, but he looks more badass. <laughs> um, I he looks more like an alien. Uh, he's he looks more like what was depicted in the uh, vision that Lex Luthor saw in Batman v Superman: The Ultimate Edition. Yeah, he he's a fucking. He, the voice, Kieran is Hines a much is a mu- his performance is much better in this cut. I was quite surprised. Is it, yeah, is it the same I, I, I,
1: person? Is it the same person? It's doing Kieran Hines. It's the
2: same guy. It's the same, same guy.
1: guy. That's because int- they he, okay, he sounds whatever, totally different. They don't they must yeah, have, yeah, whatever. All um, if... right, sorry, go on. Oh, no, no
0: yeah, no, I, I cut you off, and Go ahead.
1: Uh, I was gonna say, like, they must have, um, they, they must have done some really, um, uh, they must have, like, remixed his voice entirely, like, from scratch in, like, the sound booth or something like that. K- kind of similar to, like, what they did with, um, Bane's voice between the test screenings of, um, Dark Knight Rises and the, uh, final theatrical cut, if you remember that thing.
2: Well, perhaps he's wondering why he would shoot a man. Look crap!
0: for you. Okay, yes, side note, Dark Knight Rises does not hold up. <laughs> Really,
1: I, I, I haven't seen it since yet. 2012, so I, I'm not gonna judge.
0: I haven't seen it since it came out, uh, to be Yeah, honest. I, I haven't I, seen it since opening night. I, I saw it a few months ago and I'm like, oh god, this uh, that does not age well. Ouch!
2: So, anyways, but yeah, Steppenwolf, surprise, it's surprising how much like he actually matters in this movie. Like, so first of all, he's not, I mean, no, he's not just evil for the, he's the sake of evil, like he actually, I mean, the reason he's doing all this is because he's trying to get back to Apocalypse and Darkseid's like, you fucked up in the past. Uh, By the way, we finally see Darkseid in this movie, uh, but we'll Well, get to him. But like, yeah, he apparently has to destroy
1: he he has to destroy like
2: 50,000 worlds and he still has like 10,000 more to go or whatnot, as Desaad tells him. And so like, you understand why he's getting back there, why why he's doing all this, but yeah, I'm surprised by like the character development for, uh, or at least the character, the sudden change of character departure from the theatrical cut. I'm glad that uh, Zach was able to restore this version of Steppenwolf because, as you said, Reese, he's a complete fucking badass of a villain.
0: Well, I, I do wish that they uh, that they explained exactly what he did. To I would have the- liked the that too. Just that extra little layer of context, but just what we've got uh what we got now it's i'll I'll take it like i'll take Mm -hmm. i'll take massive improvements of development rather than no development i agree with that so what are you going to say
1: well i was going to say like the way i interpret it was that so they show the flashback and you know obviously in in the theatrical cut that's steppenwolf in the flashback but this time it's apocalypse in the flashback and he and he gets his he gets the shit kicked out of him dude dude gets absolutely fucked up and and here's why i love it because the, you know the whole movie you know apocalypse is blaming steppenwolf you know for his failures but we never actually see that we only see apocalypse get his shit wrecked and so i love that dynamic of like apocalypse what it, what i interpreted that at is is apocalypse taking his fa- failures and putting the blame on steppenwolf and I steppenwolf, mean, dark side yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did, I, did I say Thanos?
2: <laughs> Apocalypse is the planet. Oh, oh, shit. oh, my, my,
1: beat. <laughs> um, oh, so, uh, so dark. So yeah. So dark side is basically the way I interpreted it is that he's taking his failures and he's putting the blame on Steppenwolf. And Steppenwolf, rather than getting out of, the, rather rather than getting out of there, you know, he's like, you know, he's trapped in like this, um in this kind of, um, in this kind of path. And so he's just trying to impress dark side. I love that character dynamic. It added so much to st- it. It was just a little bit, but it made Steppenwolf just an insanely more interesting character. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not going to lie. Like I kind of, I kind of felt bad for him. Sort of ish. Like, like at the end of the day, you're still trying <laughs> to, annihil- you're still trying to annihilate earth. So it's like, you know, we got, got to behead you at the end of the movie. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. But like, but like, fuck, dude, <laughs> that's, it's kind of a shitty situation you got yourself in.
0: Right? I think, well, I think, uh, well, I think uh, going off what you said right there, I mean, the fact that you were able to feel actual emotion for a character that you initially feel nothing for, just because he's a generic CGI bad guy with. Zero mother,
2: motivation. show me the way, mother.
0: Ugh, oh. It's like is this like a overpowered Norman Bates or something? What the fuck is this?
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, uh, but yeah, so I I will okay yeah. One thing I wanted to ask: How did you guys feel about the about the aspect ratio? Um,
2: I mean, think, okay, I I'll think it would have looked first. a lot better if I was looking at an IMAX screen. To be honest, I so, wonder if this
0: will get an IMAX release. So, as soon,
2: I feel like as soon as movie theaters open back up, um, we'll definitely be seeing this in theaters, but I feel sorry sorry for Reese, uh, please, no Reese, please.
1: Uh, no worries. What were you going to say? <laughs> so I've, so I've never been to an IMAX before. And so I had no idea up to this point that IMAX screens are in a four by three aspect ratio. So I guess my biggest question is, because i'm a casual movie fan why the fuck are imax screens still in 4x3 why aren't they in 16x9
0: jeff you want to take that one uh so i think the gist is the uh just given the size of the imax screens they're uh uh they intentionally shoot on that format so that uh because of the bigger the bigger taller wider screen you're able to get a taller wider image uh because when you uh when you watch a Christopher Nolan movie, if, uh, if you pay attention, you'll see a lot of shifting aspect ratios for, for certain scenes. Like if you, uh, if you watch dark Knight rises, that, uh, that whole, uh, that whole opening scene, no black bars, no black bars at all. Uh, but as soon as that opening scene is done, then it switches right back to, uh, to, uh, to, to normal widescreen ratio. and, so I guess when Zack Snyder was filming uh, Batman versus Superman, he became really obsessed with, uh, uh, with the IMAX cameras. And I don't know if he filmed the whole movie on an IMAX camera or if it was done in post and they, uh, they altered the aspect ratio themselves. But at first I thought it was very off-putting. Uh, when I saw the trailers, I was kind of confused. Like, why, why are they doing that? And when they were I was getting extra concerned that they were uh, that they were going to release that it was going to be in black and white because uh, that's that's the impression I was getting like is this all the, the last two trailers have been in black and white is that what they're going for like I don't mind black and white but I don't want to as see a bonus feature li- not as the main course it, exactly like like I, I liked Logan Noir but I didn't want that to be the sole movie like the only mm-hmm. way to see it Uh, so I, I imagine, you know, when the, when the Blu-ray comes out, they'll probably have the, have a black and white version, uh, you know, as a bonus feature, but, uh, at first it was kind of off-putting, but as the movie went on, I, I, I kind of got used to it. And I do think that, uh, for certain shots, having, having a taller image kind of helped, uh, kind of helped me appreciate the, uh, Help me appreciate certain shots a little a little more.
1: Yeah, for myself, it's definitely I...
0: it's definitely a an interesting uh,
2: creative choice. I mean that would have been that wouldn't have been my first choice. I mean i get I get that this well, but I I think I do understand that why Zach did it. He wanted he originally intended this to be it. I mean, it's a giant spectacle of a film, of course. Like visually, it looks great, and um, I would love to see this in IMAX. But what were we gonna say, Reese?
1: I was going to say, like, for me, I I guess I don't get it because at the end of the day, like, wouldn't you be able to get more of the image by just pulling back the camera? Because really, 4x3 and 16x9, whether or not it's showing more or less of the camera, it's really just a matter of perspective. 16x9 can be showing less of the top or more of the sides, and 4x3 can be showing less of the sides or more of the top, if that makes sense. it's all it all it It's all dependent on how far you pull the camera back or not, I guess is what I'm saying, and so I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, I, I don't see the advantage yeah. of it. It's just, it feels kind of, it feels kind of dumb to me, but at the end of the day it's really not that big of a deal. You you adjust, like, within a few minutes.
0: Yeah, exactly, and uh, kind of going off what, uh, what Eric said, it wouldn't have been my first choice, but I think I think it also just kind of solidifies that, uh, because I don't think, I don't think the studio would have, would have gone along with that if it got They've got a standard release. So I think, I think it's just little extra touches like that, that just kind of emphasizes Zack Snyder's creative control over the project this time around.
1: Yeah. Personally, the thing that I, stood I, out I, to me more was all of the artificial film grain. This film has an obnoxious amounts of artificial film grain. That's like distracting. And I'm not, and I'm not even watching this on a movie theater screen. I'm just watching this on my, you know, on my basic TV here in my room but like it it stuck out like a sore thumb to me. And so that, that was, I thought that was, I thought that was more of a hindrance to the, you know, to the overall quality than the four by three aspect ratio for me personally.
2: I don't know. I think it's, it just comes down to a creative choice in general. I mean, like obviously, you know, Nolan, he loves shooting on film because he wants to keep that uh, concept alive and going same with Tarantino. Um, so with Zach, I think he's just going for, he, he did in four by three just to, you know, like I said, it's a giant spectacle. So at some point, you know, he intended it to be seen on the biggest screen possible, which is IMAX. And therefore you get that four by three aspect ratio as a result, I feel like, um, in that regard, but, um, I wanted to actually go back and touch upon some of the characters. Um, as I said earlier, I, I had a hard time buying Ray Fisher. Is the heart and soul of the team. I mean, I get it, but like for whatever reason, I just couldn't, but I would like to talk about Ray Fisher's performance. Cause by God, I was so happy that he had something that he had more to do in this movie. Cause like, I generally I'll, I'll put, I'll say this much. I enjoyed his performance and I really, I really did connect with cyborg on level. Cause so to answer your question, Reese, in terms of his origins, um, it's basically a combination of the new fifty two reboot Jeff? and the original and the original um the original telling done by Marv Wolfman back in the eighties uh, when Cyborg was first created. So yeah, it's very much a it's very much um it's it's very it's very crushing. And by the way, I would like to say during the football flashback sequence, I'm like, I'm so convinced that Zack Snyder should make a sports movie at some point for whatever reason. I think he'd nailed the fucking, the fucking genre in terms of film. Um, but yeah, I, I really actually did enjoy his performance quite a bit. Um, and same with uh, Ezra Miller. I mean, say what you will about Ezra Miller as a whole, but I've always, you know, his acting's always been great in his films.
1: I think uh, I, for the, I think for the sake cringy. of I think for the sake of this review, considering some of the people that are involved, it's best to just uh, separate the art from the artist uh, for the sake uh, of uh, well, this uh, review, <laughs> to say the least. Right.
2: Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do agree with that. But yeah, I genuinely I really loved how much more of a character Flash had. I mean, you still have the humorous moments with him, but thank God he's not like falling on top. Wonder Woman's not falling on top of him or he's not falling on top of her. Uh, he's not like making some cringe jokes. He'll make jokes, but um, they're like for the moment, like they serve. They're like nice little like moments scattered throughout. They're not like constantly interface over and over. He's actually making some pretty good logical, like scientific, like explanations or guesses. Um, yeah, but
0: Eric, I what is brunch though? <laughs> I will we say the one. Yet? Uh, i'm so i will say bad. the one-
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what and i thought my
2: jokes were bad oh my god <laughs> i will say though i really thought i honestly thought the line where he says like i'm so in i need friends i thought that was a josh we didn't think i'm like i'm surprised that was act. yes same
1: same here yeah
2: yeah honestly <laughs> I, I'm surprised that was Zach. Um, I knew that whole thing was Zach, but I thought that line was Zach specific, was Josh Whedon specifically. I was like, huh. By the way, um, I was curious. Like, I, I remember reading something it was still going on in that scene. So after like, so, you know, the line where it's like, so what are your powers? I'm rich. So stop me if I'm wrong. Like, was that car made? It's a Mercedes. It's a really nice luxury car. But like, I read somewhere that was made specifically for the movie. Does anyone know about that?
1: I have no idea. That's uh, way out of my domain.
2: <sighs> cars, I guess, is not our strength. Then okay, I, never mind. I know the Batmobile
0: was car- made for this movie. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I know cars go vroom vroom. That's about it. <laughs> but <no, what> <laughs> but want yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, if anyone's regarding... listening,
1: or sorry, go on first.
2: I was just saying, if anyone's listening, let me know because I think that car was made specifically for the movie. But that's my thought on that.
1: But yeah, regarding Flash. I'm so fucking glad they kept in the scene when Superman gets resurrected and he, and Superman is fighting off everyone else and Flash is coming in and Superman just looks over to the right and Flash is that like, oh shit. shit I've, th- oh, that might be one of my favorite shots in the movie. Like that is so, I'm so glad they kept that in the movie. Unfortunately, they also, no, what kept, I like... unfortunately though, they also kept in, El. no. But. oh something's definitely bleeding
2: well okay because i would like to say i'm glad that was Josh whedon and not Zack snyder because uh i like the different version instead where it's uh bruce is really trying to reason with the humanity inside clark and instead like clark is just trying to shoot him with his heat vision and it's later established that like um Uh, batman's gauntlets are supposed to be like heat resistant or whatnot so he blocks the heat vision with his gauntlets and he's just trying to he's blocking it for as long as he can until lois finally walks in is like clark stop it and you know he flies off with her and you know there's no cringe line of like clark uh batman going like oh my god something's definitely bleeding well i think i did like i did like the one moment though where uh like because earlier like flash was trying to run into superman and he and he just basically pushes him into aquaman so like at the stairs. Aquaman's just like,
0: what the fuck? And Flash is like, I am so so sorry. I thought that <laughs> was, I thought that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, also, uh, I think, uh, kind of kind of going off what you were saying, uh, compared to the theatrical cut, the way, uh, the way that they awkwardly shove Lois in there to calm Clark down felt so stupid. Like Alfred's on the other line is like, all right, we're we're sending in the secret weapon. And then Lois <laughs> then shows up like what the fuck? But at least at least in the in this version, it, it's established and it makes sense because you know every uh like there's a few different uh there's a few different uh sequences of Lois going to the to the uh, demolished monument of of Superman, and so and that's where the fight takes place. So it makes so there's reason for her actually being there. So it's it's little Little moment, little changes like that really just kind of show how uh, or little, little, little scenes like that Mm -hmm. really help the movie overall flow a lot better. It it actually makes it feel a lot more coherent, like there's actually reasons for things happening rather than just rather than just random shit popping up. Left and right mm-hmm. with no context.
2: Well, speaking of things popping up left and right, there's a scene I want to discuss because you're talking about Lois. So this was <laughs> these were shown in storyboards, but I wanted to touch upon this scene, and I think Reese knows what I'm talking about here. So that's a that was a good. So context. Lois, you know, lie. she's in grieving. Lois is in grieving. She's like, you know, she's sad that you know that Clark's not around. So Martha visits her, and she's just like, well, "Why did you say that God damn it. Martha! <laughs> but yeah, Martha comes comes to her and lets her, look, Clark would want you to move on, you know. Um you know, go go and live, you know, Clark would want you to do that. And it's a really nice touching scene. And it really would have worked better had the following moment not happened, and Martha leaves and she shapeshifts into the Martian manhunter, and then back into uh her- uh, henry or henry or harry lennox's character the general or the colonel or whatnot is like the world needs you lois and i'm like look i'm glad we finally get to see martian manhunter but i would have preferred not seeing martian manhunter until like the very end of the epilogue at the very end of that movie like this could have just been a nice little martha and lois moment but instead this was zach's way of like shoehorning uh Martian Manhunter in there at some point. I'm like, did Wait, not need to happen
0: at all. It, it felt like an unnecessary twist because uh, mm-hmm. it's it, it. reminded me of of in when in Captain Marvel when it's revealed that oh Nick Fury was a was a scroll. Like, why <laughs> why do we need that?
1: What you mean fuck? in the Far from Home?
0: I mean Spider Man Far from Home. They're all the same fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And this is why, and this is Jeff talking about the Marvel Cinematic
0: Universe, everyone. (laughs) Click! (laughs) And it ended after Endgame. Uh, Yes, uh, that is the popular opinion. I have not watched WandaVision because I don't give a shit. I have not watched Falcon the Winter Soldier because I do not give a shit. Will you watch any of the other Marvel movies that come out? Or you will not because you don't give a uh, call. I mean, he's
1: gonna watch I'll Doctor. Watch. He has to watch Doctor Strange. It's uh, oh yeah, you no,
0: know, I'm definitely watching Doctor Strange. <laughs> I got I, I, I got to support my my boy Raimi. But uh, okay, I mean, if uh, if our Lord and Savior Tobey Maguire comes back in uh, in the next Spider Man, yeah, I'll, I'm I'm definitely gonna go see it. But uh, yeah, uh, Homecoming and Far From Home are the most generic fucking movies ever made. Uh, so I I'm not super pumped about the about the third movie, but. If they uh, if they tickle my little nostalgia uh, funny bone for for the Raimi trilogy, bring it.
1: righty. sounds
0: good. <laughs> That's anyways, the only um, way he'll get me back.
1: back anyways, back on topic, um, Eric. I'm so glad. Anyway, that we feel back on I'm so glad that we feel the same way about this scene because I was like, I was, I'm ready to rip into this scene so hard. Um, it's,
2: I mean, to, I mean, to be fair, like it's a really good scene until that moment, like. It's yes. a really I mean, you. Really could have just cut it there, like you, like the well, way that, it could have ended could have just well, well, been that's like, well, that's what I'm you saying. Know, Martha leaves. Know. Martha leaves, and she says, "The world needs you, Lois," and just walks away. She did not need to turn out to be Martian Manhunter, the for scene, fuck's sake. It's
1: a great, it's a great, genuine heart to heart moment, and then the cameo completely just ruins it all. So, so well, plus, so there's a bunch of things. So first off. I just want to say, first off, Martian Manhunter, one of my favorite DC characters. I'm happy that he's in that he that he's officially like in the DCEU now. He should not be in this movie, period. Even during the epilogue sequence, we'll get to that later. But this this is probably my single biggest problem with this movie, is there's so the the movie the movie is four hours long, and I'm glad that Zach got to make you know the movie of his dreams that he always wanted to, but you know. Uh, Jeff mentioned this earlier that this at the end of the day still feels like an assembly cut and this very much feels like something that you could have easily cut out and you should have because I think it would have better better the movie to have it just play out as a Martha and Lois scene would have had so much more emotional context but this just would have made it 10
2: times better. Yeah, this
1: just feels like bullshit pandering fan service without any payoff. And it doesn't make Mm. any sense. So what you're telling me. is so Martian Manhunter oh, has been on this planet the whole time. Uh, Earth has already died multiple times. And now all of a sudden at the end of the film, what what are we on? Like the uh, fourth or fifth now, um, like world catastrophic event. And now he's like, Hey, you know what? This Justice League thing doesn't seem like a bad idea. Maybe, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll do something. Not this movie. I got to fly out. Cause you know, my, uh, I only got one minute left, you know, before uh, my contract expires, but you know, um, so yeah, that, you know that doesn't is. make any sense. Uh, second of all, why the hell is Martian Manhunter talking uh, to Lois Lane in the first place? How does Martian Manhunter even know Lois Lane? This doesn't make any sense. Is it implied that well, he was the? Is it implied that he was the general the whole time? And if so, he why didn't Martian Manhunter come in to help during Man of Steel? Why didn't he? Like I don't know. This I I, I thought this because was because Lois stupid. is totally the key to
0: everything. Obviously, that's yeah. totally That's totally going to be followed up on. By the way Mm mm-hmm well we don't
2: know about that but let we're not there just yet on that front but yeah it's it's so odd that they that zach went with that choice for that scene alone i mean it's a great scene until that twist it's which is really unfortunate because i really and and one more thing It's
1: it's my boy martian manhunter that's how you're gonna introduce him that's how you're gonna introduce the fucking manhunter With that bullshit,
0: anyways, I'm I'm not gonna lie. lie. Like, I was, I was so confused because I, I'm, I'm not a comic guy that much, and so I, I barely know who Martian Manhunter is. And so when that happened, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) I know, I I and I can totally, I can totally buy. I understand where you're
2: coming from with that, but Piccolo. pickle <laughs> oh god speaking of speaking of uh, uh that oh god i don't want to think about evolution fuck that movie <laughs> jesus christ um but yeah no Um. Uh, going back to going so that's just one of the changes i mean like there's a ton of like it's like we keep saying this is a very much night for day i mean so there is more violence in this movie. Like this is R rated for a very good reason. Like I will use Steppenwolf arriving on Themyscira as example. Number one, he slices Amazons in fucking half. I'm like, Holy fuck. And then you get to Wonder Woman like disposing of the terrorists like when she throws the guys to the walls you see blood splatter on the walls I'm like fuck
0: Well plus <laughs> okay uh, well plus on t- on top of that the uh the actual uh terrorists they're they're actually kind of intimidating because when yeah. uh, cuz like cuz the like they you actually see them shoot some people and the fact that they're willing to kill anyone on, on site and the uh cuz I I think uh comparing uh comparing that from the theatrical cut to the Snyder cut if you watch those two scenes back to back i think it kind of encompasses the sh- the amount of differences between uh between the two different versions uh, because the Snyder the, the Snyder version has for for one a much better color palette it has a lot uh it has a greater variety of shots of wonder woman kicking ass uh, the music is better. The villain feels a lot more intimidating. There's a there's a very sweet moment after Wonder Woman saves everyone. Like I I like that little moment that she has with uh, uh with the little girl. It's like uh, you know after the threat is taken care of. I feel like uh, during that scene, and you know Gal Gadot is just able to you know is able to uh, get the charm on. In that moment, I I I just kind of said out loud like that's fucking Wonder Woman. <laughs> and I, I, I appreciated that.
2: Yeah, no, it's a. It, it reminds you of the Wonder Woman scene in the Wonder Woman movie, um, which is very, which you know inspires. That's the Wonder Woman that I prefer, not what came last year with eighty four. Reese, we don't you need. We don't need I to that, about we... that movie. Yeah, we don't need to retread that piece of shit. Oh fuck! But um, Wonder, yeah, Wonder Woman is. You know, there's one thing I did like um, from this, the Josh Whedon cut. And so like there is a scene in the in the Josh Whedon cut where um, Batman's like, he's just like he's taken off his suit and he's kind of like, like just trying to heal himself back up and Wonder Woman comes in just to, you know, console him and stuff. and like, you know, that's that was like one of the few moments I actually liked from the original a theatrical cut where it's a nice moment between the two of them you can definitely tell like I mean there's some tension between the two of them and I mean romantic tension because like there's a moment I liked in the Snyder cut where like they're looking at the we're looking at the files of the rest of the future members and like they accidentally touch hands and I'm like oh so you can tell that like Snyder was building for a romance between the two of them which is which is not unheard of because it happened in the Justice League animated series, and it continued in the Justice League Unlimited. And that was a nice little thing I liked was that, like, instead of Superman and Wonder Woman, it's Batman and Wonder Woman. Could have, I mean, um, I mean, uh, it, a much better uh, romance story than what we had in fucking '84. I mean, <laughs> and we just said we would not go back to that movie, but um, Jesus I, fucking Christ!
0: I, I will say also, uh, one, uh, I think. The only uh, the only scene that Joss Whedon added in the theatrical cut that I actually liked was uh, was when they're all trying to save the hostages from Steppenwolf and Flash is, uh, you know, he, he's nervous to to interfere. Uh, but then Batman says, save one person. And and uh, God, it's been a while since I watched the scene. I think he said something <laughs> like uh, uh, save one person, see what it feels like. And then Flash goes in, carries one person out, and has a little bit of a smile. And then he goes back, back and forth, back and forth, uh, coming out, w- uh, coming out with another hostage. So that was a nice little superhero moment, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's where my praises stop. <laughs> yeah, I-, I can understand
2: that too. Um, I, lo- yeah, I liked, uh, um, by the I way, liked
1: Aquaman sitting on the lasso. I thought that was a funny scene. <laughs> <laughs> That uh that I thought that was really That's cool. kinda cringy to be honest. So I don't no, know how I, feel I know it's about an unpopular that, opinion. But... I like the scene. Well see, so, because I cause so, I think I
0: think uh some sometimes when uh like when Joss Whedon nails funny dialogue, he fucking nails it. But when it's awkward, it's awkward. And and I think I think that was a lot of the, the I really started to notice the comedic shortcomings of Joss Whedon when Age of Ultron came out. Oh yeah. Like so many forced jokes and it's it's like, I get it. You're trying to go for the playful banter again, but after a while it gets really irritating and it take, it takes me out of the movie.
1: And I think the problem, I I think the problem was that it made sense in the first Avengers movie, but by the time age of Ultron had come out, a lot of these characters had undergone some pretty significant development and to have them all kind of revert back to their state in Avengers was really jarring. And yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, it, like i'm i'm totally fine with with you know a, a couple of quips and and camaraderie during a, uh during a, some tense moments but that movie in particular just went overkill especially during the opening scene it's like it's just quip after quip after quip and it just it, it was so off-putting and and it, at least even even when i don't like that it at least fits in the MCU uh, i just don't think it's executed well but In Justice League, it just feels like an awkward uh, like a like a forced conversion of some kind that, you know, wasn't there to begin with Uh, because I because I don't think just I don't think the theatrical cut satisfied satisfied anyone. All it did. All it did was kill kill a couple of hours.
2: No, whereas like you watch where and it's that's another moment. That's another instance of night and day in terms of like the team and the chemistry amongst them all is like, they actually feel like a team and you actually see them like build together as a team in the Snyder cut, like from the beginning, almost like from the get go, almost once they all finally assemble, minus Superman, of course they actually are like genuinely like working together as a team to do their thing. I mean, they may have their disagreements, but they genuinely like work together. They fit together. Like they're actually thinking like a team. It's not like, them like in the theatrical cut where they're like all split up and like thinking differently from each other and like um the lasso scene fucking that shit oh jesus christ um yeah no it's quite surprising how they actually fit more as a team chemistry wise than they do in the theatrical cut and i wonder if and again it comes i think it comes back to the studio just wanting Warner Brothers just wanting more of a Marvel vibe and it does not work because for because because for this
0: because DC is not Marvel.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's why I think DC works more with a serious approach than Marvel does, because I mean, Marvel. Look, Marvel's not afraid to do seriousness, but they're more well known for their lightheartedness. Um, make, I mean, which is fine, you, but
1: it makes the times when they do go for those serious and emotional, um, kind of outlooks much more memorable. I think because of that, because you know, there there is like the kind of standard generic Marvel format. So when Marvel does deviate for that and goes for something different, mm-hmm. it stands out a lot more.
2: And right. I think, and I don't, I know I don't, and believe me, we're gonna get back to the Snyder Cut. But I think the problem is, is once you had Guardians of the Galaxy and like that first volume um, that's when Marvel really went full blown comedy. I feel like, um, and I mean, it's not to say the comedy hasn't always been there, but I feel like once James Gunn came out with that movie, that's when Marvel truly embraced, embraced its more comical lighthearted side. I, um, I would say it was actually Avengers one. I would, I would say that too,
0: but I think Avengers, I think guardians is where it really embraced it. Well, cause at least in uh In Guardians 1, there was a, you know, I I think it had a very good balance of comedy and drama. Like it, Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of the times in uh, in Marvel movies, they'll uh, they'll have they'll have like a a nice tender moment with real emotion. But then it gets ruined by a shitty joke and it it kind of deflates any emotional buildup right there. Uh, but in but in Guardians, I felt they I felt they struck that balance quite well, especially with, uh, you know, the the very opening scene. Uh, I swear to God, we'll, we'll get back to the Snyder Cut. Well, uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, you, you have that opening scene of Pierre Quill's mom uh, passing away right in front of him. And then he's then he gets abducted. And then you have that iconic opening scene. But come
2: and, that- and get your love. Do, 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 that
1: they do, that they riff on an end game and just make it even better. I I love it. That's that's best what, best
2: I love, what I love is a war machine just going like. So he's an idiot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Speaking speaking of serious moments that are ruined by comedy. I mean, as much as I as much as I find the how long you've been standing there for over three hours. That moment between Gamora and Peter, like when they finally when you finally see them kiss for the first time ever in the MCU and it's just ruined. I feel like it's just ruined by uh, Drax just standing there like I've learned to master the art of standing very still and being invisible. Yeah, that uh, that moment's kind of ruined.
0: I mean, Drax in general just felt like like a forced comedic relief Uh, because he Mm -hmm. definitely had his lighthearted moments in the first one, but in the second one, they went way too far with the comedy and i i think that one i think volume 2 was definitely a, a a studio mandated kind of movie where they insisted on more jokes more quips people responded very positively to the to these characters so you need to make them more funny and wacky and i think that's what they awkwardly tried to do with uh with justice league see we tied it all back
2: well, I, I, I'm glad you, and I'm glad you did. Cause that, that's what I like is cause like in the Snyder cut, you can tell there's clearly more of an intentional tone to serious approach to it, but that's not to say it doesn't have, it's like funny, like lines here and there. Like, and when, when they do have their funny lines, it is genuinely funny. Like they're, they're, they don't feel too out of place and they don't take you completely out of the moment or the approach. Like it's, like it works for it, and like, yeah, no, like, DC works much better. The EU worked much better with a single, with a more serious approach. And I feel, and I mean, sure, I like that Aquaman's a nice Saturday morning cartoon. I like that Wonder Woman's more of a movie about hope, but um, and I, I mean, I still haven't seen Shazam, so I can't say anything really about that, but I feel like having a more serious approach really should have worked more for DC. And I really wish that Warner brothers had more faith in that.
0: Because I think with, because uh, at least with, uh with the MCU, you know, they, it took them a little bit to find their footing, but they eventually found their formula and they've stuck with it. Uh But with the DC EU, I think uh, one of the, one of, I think it's greatest fault is that it, it was, uh it wasn't built from the ground up. It was just, kind of made up as they went along and which is true yeah and you know after justice league failed miserably they had a complete identity crisis and they didn't know what they wanted to be and but i think that's kind of been a positive in a way uh because i i think uh i think justice league bombing was the best worst thing to happen uh because i think it 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 helped encourage DC to be more experimental because I think, you know, that's how we, my biggest problem with Marvel is that they play it way too safe and it feels at this point, it feels very formulaic and I've, I've checked out, but with, mm-hmm. the, but with the, the DCEU coming from someone who was not a fan in the beginning installments, I'm at least more intrigued because I mean even uh, I'm even just to referring to DC overall as a brand because I like that they're willing to branch off and do things like Joker. Like I think Joker was one of the best movies of 2019. And and it's uh you know it's it's just this smaller budget character study that happens to have a guy calling himself the Joker. And and i like that i i mean aside from uh you know there's obviously logan as the exception but that wasn't you know that wasn't that wasn't marvel studios itself exactly exactly and i i don't think marvel studios would take that risk and no i way. mean we'll see we'll we'll see with deadpool 3 but a disney managed deadpool movie sounds awful
1: (laughs) uh it does sound terrible
0: how it's approached yeah yeah and and i heard recently that they're uh that they want to uh make alien a new franchise and that scares the shit (laughs) i'm 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 kind of freaked out i'm kind of.
1: i'm sad uh, neil blomkamp never got to make um that alien uh sequel that he was working on dude that concept was so cool
0: Dude, I want to see a badass scarred up Corporal Hicks.
1: <laughs> yeah. that shit looked cool.
0: I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Neil Blomkamp fan. Like I, like I, I like district nine and Elysium was okay, but uh Chappie was awful. Uh, I haven't seen Chappie. Yet.
1: I, I love both district nine and Elysium. I think, I think they're both phenomenal movies, but I, what is I it haven't seen ne- Chappie oh,
0: yet. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, that was it. That's all I had to say.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I was gonna say Neil Blomkamp has really shitty luck with trying to uh, trying to revamp '80s action franchises because Alien fell through the shitter and then RoboCop fell through the shitter. Uh, so I, I don't know what he's up to now, but I hope he apparently apparently the- he's writing. He and his wife are writing
1: drafts. He, his wife, and Charlize Copley are writing a draft for District Ten right now, according to his last Twitter. I franchise. would love to see District I, Ten. I,
0: I did hear about that, so I. Uh, So I'm 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 happy that he's going back to his roots. Uh, So I I hope that'll uh, I hope that'll get him back on track because I I think he has a lot of potential. Anyway, and I I think everyone
1: and I think everyone can agree that District Nine is his best film. But anyways, Eric, as you were saying,
2: (laughs) um, we mentioned him quite a bit, but um, we've mentioned him before. But let's talk about the future villain of the DCU, and that's Darkseid. Um for the brief amount of screen time he's on there, like the dream sequence where like he comes to earth and just like takes over. Wow. And we get to see the Omega beams, dude. Like I was, I was really like really into that. And I'm like, Oh man, the line he has at the very end with his, in his very last scene, like we'll use the old ways. A lot of, a lot of like fans right now are really using that right at the moment but i was curious how you guys felt about dark side in this
1: i think dark side um I, th- I think with the little screen presence that he had i think you can really feel his weight like throughout the movie um and i was i was actually surprised how much uh how much i enjoyed it because i was you know i was kind of worried that he would like feel forced in because you know like Like obviously, like you know, I mentioned earlier, but he's kind of like the Thanos. He's basically DC's Thanos. Like I don't know which came first, him or Thanos. It was Darkseid that came first. Darkseid came first. Okay, yeah, but yeah, they're they're basically Thanos
2: was basically a pasting copy.
1: But yeah, they're basically at least in the comics are basically the same character. I'm assuming in the in the film that Darkseid is going to have a much different angle. But you know, Thanos in the MCU at least was built up over the course of you know ten or eleven years before he got his outing, whereas dark side is just getting in right now and it's not even like the short tease that he had in um you know the end of avengers or even guardians of the galaxy like yeah he has some pretty significant he has, he has some pretty significant time in the movie despite only being in for like maybe five to ten minutes at most but um, uh uh-huh. As much as I like that, though, I gotta say I'm I'm still not a fan of the dream sequences at all. They feel it feels like a completely different movie. I feel like it would have worked better as like a post-credit scene or something like that. And I also just I also don't, don't like the fact that they're just that they're like these random dream sequences that the character gets. Well, I think I think let's first, talk Cyborg, about. Well, I think at least for Cyborg, it, I think at least for Cyborg it makes sense because he he gets the dream sequences when he interacts with the Mother Box, and I mean that makes sense but like you know even Mm. going back to bbs you know batman just has this random dream where he randomly foretells the future and then all and and then all some i feel i feel like there was another uh another character that didn't interact with the mother box that had something similar happen and that i that feels like just kind of something that just happens for no reason i'm not really a fan it's kind of it's kind of like as much spider-man 2 is one of my favorite films of all time not just comic book films but one of the things i don't like about spider-man 2 is how they address peter's problem losing his powers and that he goes to the doctor and the doctor says well and he, and he basically any any the doctor basically says like oh well you just don't believe in yourself and i and the reason i don't like that explanation is because it's just kind of a a film convenience being presented without any reason or context. It's superhero
0: erectile dysfunction.
1: Yeah, basically, and it's like, well, how would, how would, how would the doctor know how to solve Peter's problem that he's not even being honest about? He's talking about he's lying and saying that he's dreaming of being Spider Man, even though he really is. But I, I don't. Point is, I don't like how that's solved because it's just kind of a solution that, a solution that happens for no reason. That's the same thing I feel with a lot of dream sequences. These random characters have these random dreams that happen to predict the future for seemingly no reason with the exception of cyborg when he interacts with the mother box. So, well, let's
2: talk. Well, I guess before I really touch upon the main reshoot um, or the main real addition at the very end, I would like to, there's something I would like to point out. We mentioned the mother boxes, right? How like they're the MacGuffins of the movie, Um, Antoine, my, my friend Antoine, he pointed out that like, if the mother boxes are meant to like, if, if the mother boxes are meant to like, bring dark side to earth then how the fuck did then why the hell he pointed it out like then why the hell did dark side just show up randomly through a boom tube at the end before like everything goes to shit like it it, like to him it made no complete sense it meant that the mother boxes were complete pointless completely pointless in the long run and i'm like maybe it's just to establish that boom tube connection or whatnot i don't know i'm curious how you guys felt about it
1: i i think it doesn't make sense either because like i mean if you think about it like steppenwolf can come and go to earth as he pleases but dark side can't like maybe like Mm -hmm. maybe they explain that in a later movie but it just felt like i don't know it it felt like something it felt like an oversight to me if anything
0: Hmm. we'll see because oh sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead go ahead So I actually wanted to go off of uh, slightly what uh, what Reese was mentioning previously about the about the dream sequences, because I I do agree. Yeah, let's
2: let's get let's get into it then. Because
0: with with the BVS, uh, I think that was at that point, uh, because I remember I remember seeing the movie in uh, in theaters and I was already just at that point, I was I was just kind of bored but then that happened and I'm just legit thinking what the fuck is happening. And I remember you uttering that right next to me as, yeah, as we saw this <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then when justice league, uh, the theatrical version came out and did jack shit with that, it felt even more out of place. And, uh, and so at least this time around uh, having a wider idea of what, snyder was going for it at least makes it a little more interesting and uh, i do like the uh, the fact that uh that before they try to resurrect uh, superman they uh uh you know cyborg gets a vision of what what will happen and i think that adds a little layer of tension and and actually side note another night and day comparison between the theatrical and uh, snyder cut in the theatrical cut when they're trying to resurrect superman there's no consequences for if uh, you know if if the Flash doesn't uh, doesn't hit the hit the Kryptonian goo at them if he the, doesn't hit if he doesn't yeah if he yeah, doesn't, yeah, doesn't like yeah, if, 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 doesn't, if he doesn't yeah, make yeah, if, the electrical if, if charge at the right time then uh, okay whatever just we'll go back and try again but this time around they establish hey if I go at this speed then they'll be able uh, then uh, Steppenwolf will. Probably know where i am and so it's uh so there's at least there's at least well, that well, little uh well,
1: well what they I'm do sorry. is that well, well well, specifically that plot point is that is that they have to awaken they have to awaken the mother box to revive superman because steppenwolf can't see where the mother box is when it's asleep but once it's but once it's awakened right, it yeah. be permanently awakened and so it's basically like a gps location like that leads right to them
0: yeah, for forgive me audience, it's a 4-hour movie. I can't remember every detail. <laughs> Which is fair. Uh, but yeah, so with uh, and so I think with uh so with with the vision of the, of the future, uh at the same time I I it left me intrigued, but I think a major con is if I'm being honest, I don't think there's going to be a follow-up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like because from what Zack Snyder says, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like he is personally satisfied with what he's done so far. Which I mean, even even if I did not like his version of Justice League, like I'm, you know, like you mentioned, Jeff, I'm happy that he got to make the film of his dreams. I'm happy that he's finally satisfied and he kind of got that, you know, um, he kind of got that closure. Really, if anything, with you know, yeah, absolutely, all the you know the tragedy that kind of led to him not being able to make it in the first place. And finally just being able to come full circle with that. But yeah, like you said, I don't think that we're really going to see what, or maybe, or maybe we do because at the same time, DC did confirm that there's going to be a flashpoint movie and Ben Affleck is going to return for that film at least. And I, I would imagine that that is going to play into this kind of apocalyptic future somewhat but I don't think we're going to get I, like a Justice League I I, I wouldn't like
2: be that. surprised if it doesn't in the slightest Yeah, I mean,
0: it's at least with because uh, there's at least uh, in terms of that entire jumping head a little bit, in terms of that entire epilogue I again, it, it left me intrigued and I for once, I actually wanted to see where the story would go, but at the same time it felt like pure dick
1: teasing and mm-hmm. I mean, with, literally, uh, I mean, Joker even wants to give Batman a hand job. apparently.
2: Oh, Jesus, fuck! <laughs> okay, okay, right, let's talk about this dream sequence. So this was apparently the one, so they told him he could, so Warner Brothers told Zack that he could not reshoot anything. Guess what? He's like, fuck you, and he makes this new dream sequence. I mean, say what you will about uh, Amber Heard or whatnot, but fuck that. Um, We're separating but, the art uh, from the artist. P- Yeah, I know we're separating the art from the artist, but he brings back Amber Heard. He brings Joe Manganiello in, and I'm like, uh, by the way, I'm really, oh god, like he, I'm really. We'll get. I guess I'll get into that later. But like, he's back. Oh, we bring Ray... Neither. You bring Ray Fisher back. You bring Ezra Miller back, and you bring Ben Affleck back. And apparently, Ben Affleck was like fucking ecstatic to come back for this part. And then you bring in uh jared leto apparently for this part and it, people are saying it's like the first like it, like it's one of the best interactions between batman and the joker in any movie i'm like um, nah, does anyone remember does nah. anyone remember the great does anyone remember the interrogation room from the dark knight like that still holds up has anybody opinion, ever like, played arkham
1: city and seen what is yes what has is anyone my... ever
2: played any of the arkham games
1: arkham city so, like, i going off topic i'll 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 be real quick with this arkham city is probably Batman, no arkham city is probably my favorite mark hamill performance of all time like straight up mark hamill mark hamill's joker performance in arkham city that's the that's the second of the um arkham trilogy for those not familiar but oh my god like him and, and kevin conroy too like the, the the chemistry they play off each other like it is genuinely like by the end of the game, like it is genuinely like fucking heartbreaking. Like, like the like, I'm not I'm not gonna spoil the plotline for people who haven't played that yet. But like, it is like I said. I mean, like I'm saying, it's my favorite Mark Hamill performance. Like even <laughs> even more even more than Luke Skywalker, who I fucking love him as as Luke Skywalker. But yeah.
0: So I, I will say that uh, uh you know because I because I know uh, Jared Leto got uh you know just got this insanely negative reputation around uh you know his performance in Suicide Squad and I'm not gonna lie I didn't I didn't like it but at the same time it was like a it was an extended cameo basically and so I felt there uh there wasn't enough screen time to really evaluate his character and I'm this is going off the memory of a movie I saw five years ago uh but with uh so I'm I'm glad he at least got a second chance in a way to at least get uh you know do uh film an extra scene. Uh even if it doesn't go anywhere. I'm glad that there's at least one Batman and Joker scene in uh you know in in this DCEU because well, like Batman was just on top of his car or something in Suicide Squad. And uh and I I did like I did like the dialogue exchange between them, how you know Joker's trying to taunt Batman over killing Robin, and then Batman's taunting him back about killing Harley Quinn, and so it 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 makes me want to see another another movie because I I want to see I want to see that explored more because again it's like you finally got me interested in in this fucking universe, and you're probably never going to follow up on it so. That's kind of a shitty feeling.
2: Well, that that brings up a good point, though, is because so.
1: I mean, if you want to see how it is unfortunate that this, if you want to see how it all plays out, just play injustice. <laughs> <laughs> it ba- except there's dark. Yeah, dark side is yeah, injustice. Yeah, except there's right. dark side
2: in this. Yeah, well, he's in. It. Yeah, he's in it, but like, it's not in the way that we wanted it to be. But what I was going to say is, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be different going forward because I think. Cause I, we were all hoping that um because of this, th- based on the upon the success of this movie, and apparently it's been a big success or a, according from maybe some other art girls, I heard it fell behind even wonder woman 84, which would be surprised, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe the hype was just overblown by it or not, but well, apparently, Man. so the head of the head of Warner brothers and I, I forgot what she said. She basically said that like, we're not interested in, you know, continuing Zach's vision and uh we want to do we're looking forward to doing our own stuff or whatnot but like some fans are like well she's not allowed to say that because you know the real guy who has the final say is the head of AT&T and apparently from what I understand like apparently he's really good friends with Zach and you know people are hoping because of hoping that if they do the hashtag restore the Snyderverse he will get to tell Uh, Warner Brothers like yeah let's keep doing the Snyderverse we'll just keep doing it somewhere else or whatnot but if I can throw in my two cents here and you guys can feel free to jump in on this too but like I don't know as much as I would love to see the continuation of what Zack intended to do I mean let's face it I think Zack has pretty much said that he's done like and to be fair like I would be done too based upon the way Warner Brothers treated the fuck out of him like as much as I would love to see Batman versus Deathstroke and, and especially be Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck's version versus Joe Magnanella's version. I think eventually we will see a Batman versus Deathstroke fight at some point, just not in the near future, but it will happen. I guarantee it. But I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, I mean, it'll be very interesting, interesting to see the black Adam movie finally happen. Like I'm like, Fucking, Apparently like, it's supposed ecstatic to start shooting to see,
1: soon, which I'll believe it when it, I yeah, see it.
2: I'm ecstatic to see I'm ecstatic to see the Batman movie that Matt Reeves is doing with Robert Pattons in the role. Um like that i mean I remember when i when that first trailer dropped for the Batman movie, I'm like I watched it at least a good couple twenty times or so, and I'm like, fuck, this trailer's fucking great. So yeah, I'm like, I mean, as much as I would love to see Zach's vision go on and doesn't have to be with him involved, like Let's be honest. Like it, if I'm being honest, this this di- director's cut really should have come out like sometime shortly after the theatrical cut, kind of like how they did with the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman. Just to you know, say, oh yeah, see, this is Zach's uh, original version of the film, but sorry, we butchered it for you or whatnot. But what yeah, they should, just, what
1: they should have done is when when Zach dipped out of the project, they should have just delayed the film, stopped it right there. Yeah, Zach, I would have done that too. Let Zach, you know, do what he needs to do. And then, you know, give it two or three years. And then when he's ready to come back, come back and let him finish what he started.
2: <laughs> yeah, but well, I feel, but I think, I think Warner Brothers was just, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to wait. They're a wait, I think They, they, laid, were, they had... want
1: money and they want money now.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah like J.G. Wentworth. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think they just wanted to, um... They just, you know, I think Warner Brothers had no faith in Zach at that point anymore, and they're just like they wanted that Marvel money. And they wanted the, they want Justice League to be more like Marvel. They didn't want another potential Batman v Superman on them, so they're just like, yeah, just let's bring in the guy who you know came up with the Avengers or like made the Avengers movie and see where it goes from there. Maybe he'll make it great for us. And obviously that didn't happen. But
0: yeah. Well, so what I think is kind of kind of going off what you were saying, what the. Uh... Uh, what the head of Warner brothers was saying for one Warner didn't want this to get made. They, because like, uh, like I said earlier, this extended cut would be admitting defeat on their end. Like basically a self confession that we fucked up. We botched this project. This is an apology. They're never, they were never going to do that. They own this only got made because they were overruled by their new bosses and so i think with i think if there's a possibility that this continues it would be an hbo max exclusive
2: i would i would agree with that too because there's been rumors that like there would be rumors that like hbo max wants to do a ben affleck like series um and that we get to finally see joe manganella come in and do the deathstroke thing because like I was like, dude, that bombshell at the end. So, first of all, Jesse Eisenberg still comes back, but thankfully he's, he's not in this movie for very long, but like, I liked that sin- like like, hey, why don't we create our own in- little... That's all I had
1: to uh, what say. What was that? One. I-, I was just going to say well, he's no, significantly I was just gonna... less annoying in this post-credits. So oh, yeah. That's all I was going to say. Well, I was just
2: going to say, like I, li- I hated that they're ending it on the cliffhanger potential of like, so instead of like, why don't we create our own little game? He's like, Bruce Wayne is the Batman and Deathstroke's like, all right, I think I'll have a glass now. So I'm just like, ah, God, I would love to see that. Cause I, I remember the test footage that was released of Deathstroke. Yes. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Deathstroke looks fucking awesome. So I'm just, ah, because again, cause I, oh. I, again, I would really love to see Zack Snyder's vision continue, but I don't think, I, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: So I, I do think, uh, I mean, if, if Zach decided that he doesn't want to pursue it, I get it. You know, he, the fact that, uh, cause I, I, can't imagine the emotional struggle that he went through, uh, you know, initially. And, uh, but with, uh, I don't know. Cause I feel this may be the last time that we, uh, that we maybe see Henry Cavill as, as Superman uh, because they, uh well, I guess Warner wants to murder their own franchise because they brought on JJ Abrams uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh So yeah, if you are in the business of losing money uh JJ is on speed dial uh <laughs> Jesus uh so uh so I, I think that they're gonna go full reboot on that and get him uh hope uh Superman will be recast. Uh, so unless the Snyderverse continues, I don't think Henry Cavill will be coming back, which I think kind of sucks because I always thought he had, he had a, such great potential to be a terrific Superman. Just, the writing always just let him down. And I never thought that it was his fault. He was clearly giving it his all. Um, just look at the behind the scenes videos of him, Uh, getting getting in shape for for this role like the man clearly cares about about playing playing this character and it's uh i i don't know it it, again it's you finally got me interested and it's probably not going to follow up and that that's definitely a disappointing feeling and uh yeah whether or not it continues or not I'm at least glad we got a a basic idea for for where Zach where was going to take this completely uncompromised, and he he got to make exactly what he what he wanted to. And if he rides off into the sunset now to make more slow mo porn, then <laughs> go go for it, man. You do you. Well, I guess at
2: least I have guess the Witcher. before we.
0: Yeah, unless we do have The Witcher too,
2: but um, I guess I, what I was gonna say before we actually get into our final thoughts, like we we we're, we just barely mentioned him, but like how do we feel about Superman in this movie now? Like, yeah, we should probably talk about that. Yeah, because I feel we've we I feel like we've neglected it quite a bit, but like
0: just like Henry Cavill.
2: Yeah, which is fucked up of us, but <sighs> yeah, I I so. Reese, I know you've really enjoyed Man of Steel. I mean, mm-hmm. you were like whatever with BBS, but like, I think it sounded like you really loved Henry Cavill. Like, oh uh, yeah, Superman he's my favorite as Superman, well. like by far. So, like, how did you? So, like, how do you feel about him being done justice, quote unquote? Hey. In the center cut. Com- hey. that, was an, that was an unintentional pun. I I swear. But like, how do you feel about how he's done in this version compared to the theatrical cut?
1: Well, as I mentioned earlier, they uh, they kept in the scene where he's looking, where he's giving Flash the look. So, I mean, that alone, I mean, that alone is good <laughs> in my book. But yeah, like, um, his arc and his arc in this film is so much more interesting. Like, they really take more time between him being resurrected and him joining the final battle to really explore him coming to terms again with being reborn again. And obviously, you know, you get you know the Snyderism you know Christianity parallels that are very 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 unsubtle in Zack Snyder fashion but like that that aside like I genuinely think that like you know the scenes that he gets to do with him like coming to terms with what's been happening with kind of with him kind of like do I want to be alive would I rather be dead but my purpose but is this purpose more important than than my own humanity and just like these at these surprisingly thoughtful questions which i which i really didn't expect so i really appreciated that um the black suit is fucking badass as shit i'm so glad we got to see that and um the final act i mean the final act in general is just like you know a colossal improvement over you know over the theatrical cut but what i especially like it and this isn't even necessarily limited just to superman but one of the biggest problems i had in in the theatrical cut is that basically you know during the final sequence the rest of the gang is getting their ass kicked they're barely holding their own and then superman comes in and then saves everyone and basically does everything with some minor exceptions but it's basically superman being op and doing everyone's job for them and that's how they defeat steppenwolf in the theatrical cut and this one, he's still OP as fuck, and he's still it's still satisfying. That oh my god, the scene, the scene where he Steppenwolf tries to chop him, and he doesn't even flinch, and he's just like not impressed. I was like, not oh, impressed. that was that was like cl- that's classic super right there, classic. Soup. And instead of like
2: instead it. of like when when he freezes when he freezes and destroys Steppenwolf's axe, instead of the parademons descending on him, he just kicks his ass. Well,
1: when it was so, what I love about that scene. And, and um, you know, we kind of hinted about this earlier. We were talking about some of the other characters getting their due diligence as well. Yeah, certain man is still OP, and he still turns the tide of the battle. But he's not doing everything. Every character. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Getting, every character is contributing significantly to the battle. I mean, you know, we mentioned before, Flash saves the fucking planet by by um, reversing time. Uh, Cyborg literally has to merge his consciousness with the Mother Box um be, um, and then um wonder woman aquaman and superman are all kind of triple teaming together against against uh fucking steppenwolf and like and yeah uh I, it's, it's just you it's know it was a met- cohesive it's yeah mm-hmm. that's the, that's you the know it was another
2: major you know it was another major improvement i would like to add on real quick before we get we go any further before we end this is uh the music thank god danny Elfman's score was nowhere near this uh, yeah yeah it's cut because junkie xl score for this movie was so much better like because i mean it hans zimmer i mean he he's taken hans zimmer's cues replaying them and god damn it it was so nice to hear this hans zimmer's theme for superman again instead of whatever the fuck danny elfman was going for
1: yeah, I love Danny Elfman. I, but um, I don't, I don't know. It's just his score just didn't fit the tone of even, even the theatrical cut, let alone what Zack Snyder's original vision for like, like yeah, like okay, the 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 Batman '89 like light motif was cute and that was like fun little fanservice-y, but like, at the end of the day, it's ju- it's just pandering fanservice. It doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't add to the scene that it was in which is which is nowhere in that scene itself is nowhere in the uh, snyder cut at all where that light motif originally appeared but yeah yeah junkie xl's um soundtrack is uh wonderful i actually i actually just yeah. bought it recently because i think it's really just good to listen to on its own um i really like yeah, I... or i i well i want to personally like because, you know, I am a music major, so like, I want to geek out a little bit about this, if you, for just a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> I really like, but yeah, I really like the because um, because Junk, Junkie usually what he does is he's usually you know he's a DJ, he's an electronic producer, so he does a lot of that kind of music. Um, but this time he was giving f- given full reins over an orchestra, and so I really liked how he how he blended um, a lot of these electronic elements with the orchestra, and I think this especially worked with uh, with Wonder Woman's theme because. As much as I like Wonder Woman's theme, I never thought that it really fit in with the other scores that they tried to implement it to. Because most of the other scores in these films were primarily orchestral, and then out of nowhere you have Wonder Woman's theme, and it's like, okay, it's cool to listen to on its own, but it like it feels like just completely tonally out of left field, and and it kind of takes you out of the film. But with this film, because there is that mixture of, you know, orchestra elements and electronics and guitars, and they're constantly blending in and out of each other, when Wonder Woman's theme does appear, I thought it felt so much natural. And to be fair, Junkie XL originally did compose that theme, so it makes sense that he would be able to integrate that more naturally into a score that he has more And he does know, improve on it, over.
0: too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree that the the score is is a tremendous improvement. Because I, I, swear, Danny Elfman wrote all of all of his music. He was on a fucking bar napkin or something. <laughs> uh, so I think, uh, I mean, especially that uh, that, uh, that little moment where uh, uh, where they all arrive in the, the tunnel or whatever, and they're all just jumping out of the bat pod one out of one and uh, one at a time, and the the, the music starts to kick in uh because i think in the original cut it was just a it was just a generic melody it didn't fit a, fit it at all but then i think they have like a little electric guitar playing uh and it i don't know it, it just kind of i don't know whenever you see batman uh just dropping down and you got some electric guitar playing i can't help but but give a nice little fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: they had a nice little like avengers age of ultron moment where like remember like when the avengers like you see them all on screen and it's like slow motion ramp up and, and, and they have this little moment there in in the snyder cut too like when they finally arrive in russia to fight steppenwolf i'm like all right i i like i like this it could have i wish superman was in that shot but fuck it i'll take it yeah exactly <laughs> we can see so, we can okay. see
1: gaiya's upper lift in that shot right
2: Oh, God. I, I'm so glad. So I found we'll out like.
0: The mustache cut.
2: I found I'm out sorry. that. So I'm I found out footage
0: of Henry Cavill.
2: <laughs> I found out that. Um, so all the scenes, uh, all those like mustache scenes were reshoots. Um, so everything that Zach's, Zach shot with um, Henry was after he had done, uh, was before, I or guess, or after he had done Mission Impossible Fallout. And so therefore he could shave
0: the mustache and I'm like, thank God. Well, that that's what I'm saying. I, I want to see the raw footage <laughs> of mustache. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
2: gentlemen, we're getting close to almost two hours, but like, so overall, what are our final thoughts on the Snyder cut? Reese, I will begin with you.
1: Um, You know, I said at the beginning, I'll say it again, significant improvement over um, the theatrical cut, the, the justice league cut, whichever you prefer to call it. Um, even online, like, unanimously, like, I haven't seen a single person, even for people that don't like the Snyder Cut, everybody agrees, from what I've seen, that this is, like, significantly better than the theatrical cut, and so, yeah, I hold that opinion, I really enjoy it, if you have HBO Max, definitely watch it, Um, if you don't have HBO Max, I would say, see if there's other stuff as well that you want to enjoy, don't uh, purchase HBO Max just for the sole purpose of watching the film and honestly you can just easily pirate it all right like let's be real
2: editor's note don't pirate the movie seriously just uh watch the movie uh legally if you can wait for it till it comes out on blu-ray that's all i'll say moving on
1: um yeah that's my (laughs) overall thoughts on it really satisfied that um uh zach finally got um that Zach finally got uh, the conclusion that he's been waiting for for four years now. Yeah.
2: Well, real quick, Reese, didn't you tell me that this was now your all-time favorite DCEU film?
1: I said second all-time favorite. No, Man, Man, of, Steel second all-time is favorite. My, Man of Steel is still my favorite. favorite. But yes, yeah. J- Justice League is, yeah, I think Justice League is is my favorite. The uh, Snyder my Cut, at least. Favorite. Yeah, the Snyder <laughs> Cut, yes. Yes. Clear distinction. Let's be clear on
2: that. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
0: Jeff, do you, uh, do you have anything to add? Uh, Like I said in the beginning, it feels like a real movie. (laughs) And uh, it's every pretty much every complaint I had with Justice League is is improved on here. All the the under under underdeveloped characters finally have some weight behind them. There's actually motivation behind them. There's reasons to care you uh there's a more coherent story to to follow because even though this movie's twice as long it it's and still tells the same basic story this time around you just you know what the fuck is going on and there's it's a it's a more expansive iteration of uh of, of that story or what was originally a lack of a story uh, mm-hmm. but uh but yeah it's it's an improved, uh, it's an improved looking movie Uh, at times the you know, the, the use of color is a lot more spot on. Uh, There's a lot more. I like the the breathing room that this film is able to benefit from uh, with its runtime to just let the characters have smaller moments to give them a little more depth. I like, uh, I like the lore building, Uh, you know, even though I don't think it's going to continue, it at least left me intrigued to where it was probably going to go. And by if they actually pursue it, then I'll, I'll definitely, I'll I'll definitely, I'll definitely see it because I, I think, uh, you know, again, this is coming from someone who is not a big Zack Snyder fan. I, and I also don't like man of steel. I don't like Batman versus Superman but I'm stoked as fuck that he got to give Warner brothers a giant middle finger and proof that he was right. And what they did to his movie, the way they botched it, uh, you know, cause him leaving for personal reasons is one thing, but to, but the way that they botched it with bringing Joss Whedon on was kind of an insult, I think. Uh, you don't you don't have to like a filmmaker to acknowledge that the circumstances that they were left under and the way that they were treated was a dick move. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that, you know, fans that are able to get into these movies a lot more than than I am are, uh, you know, finally got the movie that, that they wanted. And even if I don't like the first two installments, I definitely see myself rewatching this movie and shit. I'll probably even pick it up on Blu-ray when it comes out.
2: Oh, yeah, Johns I have move.
0: pretty, yeah,
2: it's a Jeremy Johns movie. It's like, buy, I would like watch it and buy it on Blu-ray or 4k for that matter. But yeah, I have pretty much the same sentiments as Jeff. I've always been, we discussed, me and Jeff discussed this quite a bit in our, um, dark city installment that like, you know, a director's cut is, it always sucks when the studio interferes and tries to like change the movie around because um, it doesn't like it wouldn't be able to sell or like, they just want that fucking money or here and there and whatnot. So like any chance to always see what a director's intended vision looks like and it's released is always great. And I'm so glad that we got to see a more proper justice league movie. Now, now, I've seen a lot of people say it's better than Endgame, to which I'm like, um, no, no, I agree with that. But I will say it is a much better superhero team-up movie than what was previously released. Now, um, by far, it's definitely one of the better superhero, because of the Snyder Cut, it's definitely by far one of the better superhero movies I've it's seen. better than Age of Ultron, no. I think we can
1: all agree on that
2: um eh, yeah yeah, i i will agree with that but i think it's better than i think it's better than most of okay not better than most of but like i think it's i think it's a lot better than some other movies but i'm just surprised by how much better it is compared to the theatrical it's just a clear i've said this before already night and day um just appearance of it and like I always, like I said, I'm always all seeing a director's true vision and Zach delivered on every level. Now, you know, I would have definitely cut it down quite a bit, but you know, I don't think you i I would have only maybe cut at least maybe thirty minutes and I'd still get I still think at three hours and thirty minutes, you definitely would have gotten a good movie out of this or just somewhere in the three hour range would still work.
0: um but I mean i i would I would actually counter that and just say, you know, this this whole thing is made because of a fan movement and at but the actors uh, even form...
1: participate in as well. Like, don't forget, like pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, it started with Ray Fisher, but then eventually the, you know, the rest of the cast, they were like, Hey, we want it. We want it. We will be happy to reprise our roles and do a Snyder cut for reshoots as well. And so they joined yeah, in the that movement as well.
0: It, exactly. And, and so I think, you know, if you're finally able to get this thing green lit Go all out, get everything in there, and the fact that this movie is four hours long and is not a boring slog, I think is is actually pretty impressive. Because uh, it's even though you know it is a very long viewing, I don't think it wastes its runtime, and it actually it, it actually uses the extra time granted to it to make a to actually give a better experience overall. So, yeah,
2: that's the Snyder's cut. Who would have ever thought that a four hour movie would turn out to be one of the best things I've seen in the last couple years? So, uh, yeah, quite if an experience. You, if you told but, me um,
1: if, if you told me that I was going to enjoy the uh, Snyder cut more than the sequel to Wonder Woman, I would have I would have never believed myself.
0: <laughs> if, if, if you would have told me that I would have liked the Snyder cut at all, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought, right? Especially coming from
2: Zach of all people, but you mean so Zach? yeah. Um, Reese, I like to thank you once again for coming back and doing this show with us. Um, this was quite a treat. I'm glad you suggested to come, come on and talk about the Snyder cut. Cause I wasn't even sure we'd ever do this, but yeah, I I'm very well impressed with, uh, how we came together as a team United as one. And I would like to say one last thing. Um, I'm glad Zach did this because, you know, this was the last thing, you know, this was, if you listen, if you see this movie is dedicated to autumn and I think this is, he made this movie for autumn and this is, this definitely is a love letter to autumn in a way. And I think he be- delivered beautifully on it. But, yeah. Um, it, it was a true, uh, a true labor of love, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so everyone, I like to thank you for bearing with us for like two hours and
0: like four minutes. Jesus. Fuck. I mean, <laughs> what, Hey, you're already what? halfway
1: through the Snyder cut.
0: I know. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we we've technically run on longer than the fucking theatrical cut. Oh, fair, dear God, the theatrical cut. I
2: so basically, I never want to th- watch it's the theatrical so cut ever again.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, might, maybe yeah, if should, I'm drunk. Uh, actually, uh, I think I think Batman's uh, true nightmare sequence should have just been clips fr- from the theatrical cut. <laughs> So everyone, uh, once again, Reese,
2: we'd like to thank you once again for coming on the show. I don't, not, discuss...
1: not like you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so be sure to follow the show on, on Instagram at TNAPCAST. That's T N A A P A C S T. Be sure to f- subscribe to the YouTube page or the YouTube channel. Like and comment on our videos there if you want to give us suggestions for stuff. Be sure to follow the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And yeah, that's going to do it for another installment of Two nerdskis in a Podcast. This is Eric. This is Jeff. Reese, you want to say something too?
1: Uh, gargle on these nuts. <laughs>
2: Stay shiny, everyone. Have a good night.